have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hi, I'm Will Harridge, and I'm an audio engineer. But you would not believe the amount of mediocre voice actors I get in on the daily. It's scary, honestly. I always want to recommend them to Elise Bowman, who's the best voice acting coach I know. But I'm always afraid I'm going to offend them and be out of a job. Thankfully, I send the best ones over to her anyway over at EliseCoaches.com, and they keep coming back. Hi, I'm one of the mediocre talents that Will has to work with. And really, I'm thinking about looking up Elise myself. Go look at Elise Coaches today and start your career without ending mine. What he said. Hey y'all, this is Kevin Douglas, the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion and the modern day hero. And I encourage each and every one of you to come on and listen to the I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks, because it's the place to be, baby. All right, everybody, welcome back. Man, you already know what time it is. You know what podcast this is, but I'm going to go ahead and give you a nice little refresher. This is the I Know You Hear Me podcast with your favorite person, me, Flynn Hendricks. And guys, the hits keep coming, and I just keep stacking more and more on my plate. Like I'm busier than a one-legged cat trying to bury a turd in a sandbox. Not to be graphic, but I got a lot on my plate, but man, like... I have so many awesome guests that I want to keep bringing you guys, so this podcast has become a nice little outlet for me to escape from reality for a little bit, to meet new people, to talk to my friends, and let you guys eavesdrop on the conversation. But anyway, before we get to all that fun stuff and we get to today's awesome guest, I've got to take a minute and thank our sponsors who continue to keep this show afloat and continue to allow me to bring these awesome conversations with my friends to you guys. So thank you, Elise Bowman. Thank you, Anchor. Guys... If you're looking for some supreme voiceover coaching, for the love of God, what are you waiting for? Go check out Elise Bowman. I'll have her link in the show notes like I always do, and you can tell her that Flynn sent you. And on top of that, if you've been listening to this show and you've got a product or service that you want advertised to a worldwide audience, what have you been waiting for? I've got my email in the show notes, and I am more than happy to work with you and get that product out to a worldwide audience. And if it's something that you believe in, trust me, it's something I believe in too, so I want to help you. Get in touch with me and let's get the word out there. And then, of course, here comes the requirements right here, all right? If this is your first episode, or even if it's not and you haven't subscribed yet, guys, we're on all podcast platforms. Take your pick. Spotify, Apple, Google. Go subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. Go get caught up in the archives. There's a plethora of awesome guests in Season 1. And we've got a bunch of awesome guests in Season 2 with more to come. So get subscribed, get caught up, share it with your family, share it with your friends. Everything you do helps me keep this podcast afloat. And on top of that, too, go follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go share the word. Like, subscribe, follow, throw a heart react on a picture on Instagram for one of the guests you like. It's all there, and it all helps, and I really appreciate it. We're going to take a quick pause for a word from the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. This is Charlie with Give Me Back My Action Movies. And Dan. Join us every two weeks as we dive into the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s. That's right, Charlie. But we also take a look at some of the current films out there that still has those nostalgic feels for us. Exactly. So make sure you find us on all your major podcasting platforms. And check us out over on Facebook. We have a group where the conversation's always going 24-7. We're having a good time. I think so. I'll be back. And we're back. But now we get to the fun part. My guest today, and man, you heard her name come up a lot in season one, 
My guest today is another Mercedes Lewis reference, and so far in my in my VO career and my time as her friend, she has never steered me wrong, and I don't think today is going to be any different. She introduced me to today's guest, who is an actor, a voice actor, and I'm going to go ahead and say the king of the SpongeBob shitpost. So, without further ado, it is my pleasure to have on Andre Verneau. Andre, thanks for taking the time to be here today. Oh, man, thank you for taking the time to have me to take the time to be here today, oh. man. And, and let me say first, what a killer opening. What a killer oh, thank ad you. read. I mean, do, like, clearly you do this all the time. <laughs> I try, man. I try. And it's I'll, I'll be honest, it's that improv background and all that wrestling I did growing up that helps me, like, just keep it rolling off the tongue. So... Yeah. You know, like, Wait, wrestling? Wrestling helped with, with tongue rolling? Absolutely. Just having a microphone in front of me and just being able to come up with something on the fly in front of a live crowd, that uh, that's more of a skill than people give it credit for, I got to say. Oh, oh, we're talking, yeah, yeah, we're, we're talking like, uh, like, like, what's it, Randy Savage? Yes, kind of yes. Wrestling? Yeah, okay. Ooh, yeah. Now I get you. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. But Performing. man. That's it, man. It's a it's a fun little adrenaline rush in itself that kind of opened the door for me to scratch that itch in other ways with acting. But hey, we're not here to talk about me today. We're here to talk about you. And you know, like I was saying, man, like Mercedes has recommended some awesome guests for this show. Not only herself, but Greg Arnold, Sky Gager, and now oh, you're yeah. on that list as well. So you're in some pretty high esteemed company. So before we get into your background with acting and everything, like how did you get connected with Mercedes? Oh man, same as those two guys. Um, all four of us met doing some, uh, man, doing this like YouTube dubbing series for a a video game that never got localized in, oh. in the U.S. Yeah, it was this like phone game. I'm sure all three of them probably had to mention it as well on on, on their episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was what was it called? Twisted Wonderland. And uh, yeah, it was it was a really interesting. Uh, it was a really interesting experience, and, and I mean, it's still it's still on YouTube. I think it was called uh, Team Avalon. Yes, yes, uh, they but, did mention Team Avalon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and there, so that's where we all met. It was through doing that, or at least that's how I met those three. I, nice. I don't remember if Sky had some connection to the other two beforehand or not. I'm drawing a blank myself on that. It, it's been a crazy day as we were talking beforehand, so my mind is a little bit frazzled just from things getting rearranged and trying to get here to get into this interview. So. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on that myself, so forgive yeah, me, right. but it seems like Team Avalon was the, uh, you know, was the consistency between all these interactions <laughs> and relationships, and, you know, when I first met Mercedes, that was something she always talked about as well, so, I mean, it's it's awesome to see how much of an impact that has had on so many people. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not making uh, videos anymore, it, that, that kind of, we just kind of stopped, I mean, I mean, right, right. my gosh, it was, if we were going to keep going, it would have, it would have been... It would have taken forever to, to pump all those videos out. And I mean, oh, all we yeah. were doing was the, the voice the voiceover for some of the characters. Right, we didn't have to right. do any editing or producing or any of that stuff. Absolutely. And so, I mean, obviously right there it is, the voice acting and the dubbing. So now's the part where I'm going to hit the rewind button and go all the way back to the beginning. What was it about acting or voice acting, whichever one drew your attention first, like what made you want to get into the performing and entertainment genre? Let me take you back to when I was eight years old. All right. Flynn. Uh, SpongeBob's on the TV, uh, and I had just recently gotten completely enamored with that. It's like, what, 2000, 2003 or something like Somewhere that? Somewhere around there, yeah, and, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah early oh. 2000s, and, and, and uh, I got absolutely hooked on that television show. It made me laugh more than anything had at, at that age. Oh, yeah. Uh, TV show-wise, and, and, and I absolutely adored that yellow sponge. You know, I... I had SpongeBob. I had a SpongeBob bedroom growing up. You know, I painted all my walls nice. yellow, like just bright yellow, the, the kind of yellow that would just make you go insane, of with, like anger, just looking at it. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, I, I posters all over the wall, and 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 everyone knew me at school as the SpongeBob guy, like because I would, I would do the laugh for people on the on the, you know, I, I would just I would repeat sort of like what I heard back to the TV yeah, and, and SpongeBob kind of was the voice that kind of fit my vocal range. Nice. Best. Uh, like even now still, it's more of like a nasally kind of, kind of thing. Um, and, and so I would do on the, on the playground with other little kids, I would 
do the, they'd be like, do the laugh, do the do the SpongeBob voice, and then they'd give me like a dollar for, for doing it. <laughs> oh then, man, you, you started know. this gig young, then that's I amazing. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know, impersonating Tom Kenny at a young age, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, and and of course, I kind of like I didn't really think about at that time that there were people you know that it was a job and that you know I, at that age you don't think when you're eight years old you're not thinking about like production and and yeah and you know what kind of genres selling well right now and and why avatar the last airbender is the only action adventure series on nickelodeon the rest is like 11 minute you know uh gag cartoons and right. you, you don't really think you don't think about any of that stuff when you're that age and and so it one day my my dad was just kind of watching spongebob with me and he said you know there, there there's like people who do the voices on that, on what? that television show like there's people who stand in, in like a microphone room and they you know and they and they and that spongebob is just like some guy uh who does his voice and and yeah and of course a little light bulb went on my head and my gears started turning i'm like wait i i, I could do that like yeah. that could be my my quote job instead of doing what you do all day and like right. go to a, you know go, go go out and then come back and continue working in an office after your hours are over like i could do this instead that's a uh, thing like what yeah yeah man that's i mean amazing. i mean and, and, and a lot of that bleeds into like just sort of the core ideals that i always grew up you know i got high anxiety and, and i i've always been terribly afraid of the idea the, the very american idea of just work yeah live to work you know work yourself to death uh and 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 by God, like I just—it's I, what I saw my father do. It's what I see my mom still doing mm-hmm. to this day, and they're perfectly okay with that, you know. And that—that's—they don't have the same feelings that I do about that. But like I, I would absolutely go crazy if I had to be in an office uh, for my life, you know, for the better part oh, yeah. of my life. And man, I can I can speak to that a little bit too because um, I'm still, I guess, what you want to call in the corporate rat race. Um, I do enjoy my job, but, you know, there are times where it can get monotonous or even with previous jobs where you just feel like you're on a hamster wheel that you can never get off of. And only recently, like within the last year, have I been able to determine like, man, like, why was I so tired? Why was I so miserable and depressed? And it's like, because especially with artistic types where they want to be doing something creative and not stuck in that nine to five structure or whatever it may be. You don't feel fulfilled, and that can very easily wear you down, too. And like you said, some people are okay with it. Other people that want to go beyond that, man, like, it's a silent killer. Like, it wears you down physically and emotionally. So kudos to you for, like, having that realization, you know, like, that early on. Like, that's amazing. Young, yeah. yeah. No, it was, it, was, it was right after the uh, It's right after the doctor. I was about sixth grade where I really had that, that feeling because the doctor prescribed me they were like, you got ADHD. And it was like, all right. And then they prescribed me with these pills uh, when I was like 12 uh, that, you know, like this Ritalin type stuff, right? That That's supposed to make you sit down and focus. And and they gave me that stuff. And suddenly it was like my brain opened up to, it was like how, it was like how people describe like doing shrooms, you know? Yeah. Like how it opens your brain up to these ideas and you think in ways that you never would have thought otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like you see things from perspectives of other people uh in a way that you could just on your own without those recesses i guess being opened up and apparently you know it adds like wrinkles to your brain or some stuff like i have no idea i've never done shrooms but same here it it, it opened up like these these kind of new philosophies and ideas that i was not ready for at the age of 12 you know like yeah like it was like one day i'm i'm just all i wanted to do is play on the playground and have a good time and then like the next day i'm sitting on the playground while everyone else is playing sitting there like after i took a pill just being like why are we here oh my god it's, what is the point of any of this what like what are we doing here it's a very inner enlightenment type of thing like you see the stereotypical you know like in cartoons or videos when somebody goes on you know an acid trip or takes mushrooms or whatever like you kind of see that but when you go through that in your mind too like because i've had those questions i haven't done any kind of like you know, hallucinogens or anything like that. But, you know, even when you take a medication that does kind of help mellow you out, it does make you start having those questions and you do a lot of soul searching in that time too. Yeah, no, it was awful. Uh, And, and so, so I told my, I told my parents, like, I don't like how this is making me feel. 
and I also don't feel like it's making me do any better in school. <laughs> right, right. And they're like, all right, well, we'll tell the doctor. And so we told the doctor. They're like, I don't know if this is working. The doctor's like, all right, uh, it, we'll, we'll try something else. We'll try one more pill. And then they were like, essentially, we're going to up the dosage because it doesn't seem like it's working, which, whoa, man, like that oh, was God. the wrong idea. Yeah. I, just, I remember, distinctly remember, like getting home and then we get home from the pharmacy and my dad pulls out a physically larger pill. Oh, no. A horse the one pill. Previous. So I take it and like suddenly I'm starting to have these like suicidal thoughts oh no out of no for no reason like i'm 12 you know like there's there's no i have no weight on my shoulders you know yeah nothing traumatic happened to me at that by that age you know like and 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 i'm just like i couldn't sleep i would stay up all night drawing pictures of like you know cartoons i liked yeah you know and then just like not knowing what to do with this with this new thought process and all this you know kind of energy that i had and 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 I, so I told my told my dad again. I'm like, Dad, I I, I want to die, and he's like, All right, we're you're not taking these anymore. <laughs> Which major respect to them because I've seen other parents, you know, that just are dead set on keeping their kids medicated, and so I major respect to your dad for having you know like just the common sense and the wherewithal to actually listen to you and pull you off of that medication too. So kudos there. God, I can't even yeah, imagine, no, man. Absolutely, and that's kind of how like <laughs> then like you know through. We didn't take pills for a while after that until like senior year in high school or something like that, where I was like failing classes, and I just I knew I just had to get through it, you know, and get through the public schooling system one way or another because yeah. it was like legally what I had to do, mm-hmm. you know. And so so I I, I started taking pills again because by then I was more mature and like my brain was already more developed. And, yeah. You know, I was doing introspection on my own by that point, you know. And, Absolutely. Uh, so I just took, I would just take them to when I had a test or when I had to cram for a test and or when I had to do a paper or something. And then I just, and, and wouldn't take it otherwise because, you know, the crash on those things are, it's like, it's like drinking a bunch of coffee and then it's just, it's the same as that or like cocaine yep. from, <laughs> from what I've heard because I've never done cocaine. But, uh, you know, the crash is just awful and, and you feel just inhuman and it's just so it's so weird you go mm-hmm. to this catatonic state or at least i did and uh and 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 you know and then i, I took him through community college because i had to get ge's out of the way and then when i started going to theater school well i'll get us back on track here we're gonna okay. talk about acting Perfect. and i promise <laughs> this won't just be a bunch of like talk about drugs and, and over-the-counter if it makes you feel any better i've just been i've been mesmerized by this story too because like <laughs> there's so much self-awareness at a young age and i've also been sitting here like trying to figure out like how did you process this at such a young age? Like there are adults now that get on these medications and can't even handle that. So like, I'm just trying to figure out like, how were you from 12 up? Like just able to have this wherewithal and this insight to, to do all that, man. I'm just sitting here impressed. I'm not going to lie. No, I mean, it, it, there's, there's really nothing to, it's just cause and effect. Yep. I knew I took a pill. I knew it was supposed to do something to my brain and my behavior and so I just, you know, like there, there was no other reason I was thinking these thoughts. And it was like, as soon as I was off them again at that age, like I was, it was like, it didn't happen, you know, yeah. like it was just back to normal. Like there was no lasting problems that I can tell, but you know, I'm not a therapist, I guess. not a psychologist. <laughs> I don't know. So I, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I got a question because you said several things in there. Um, and I even actually want to hop back to the SpongeBob here in just a moment uh, Tom Kenny specifically, but you know, as you said, you know, like you would, uh, you would sit there and you would draw something out and then, you know, like you would go tell your dad how you were feeling and everything, even with like going back to you doing like the SpongeBob impersonations, the artistic endeavors with drawing and everything, did your family and even I'm, I'm leaving things out here, you know, like going to the theater classes, did your family like notice an increased interest in these endeavors? And even your dad telling you about voice acting, oh, did they yeah. start supporting it as they started seeing like that flower blossom out of the dirt there? I'm very lucky. My parents were always, they always have been and uh, continue to be extremely supportive. Amazing. On that. Amazing. And, uh, yeah. And, 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 and because of the fact that they're okay 
with their corporate jobs and, and whatever they need to do. So they're, they're fine. They're like well off and they've always like, you know, they be, they put me through college, you know, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm sitting here and be like, yeah, I'm self-made or nothing like that. No, nobody is, you know, and very and, true. And I, and I absolutely understand the, uh, half white privilege that I have having a half, you know, having a white father. <laughs> it's it's there it's definitely there i have privilege and it exists right right i mean that's so like that's amazing to me because it's i've had like diverse reactions to that question on this show because some parents are very supportive right out of the gate whether it's because you know like they were getting to live vicariously through their children or they also had the artistic background then there's been some that have just been so against it or they weren't necessarily against it, but it wasn't the traditional method that people would take in life from their generation. So they were hesitant to see their kids go down that path. And, you know, it could rub people the wrong way because, you know, it's like, oh, you're not supporting my dreams. So, man, again, just hearing how supportive both of your parents were on that is just it, it's an amazing thing. And I'll never get tired of hearing things like that. Yeah, it's lovely. It's definitely lovely. Absolutely. So um, my second question now, before I forget, um, especially because you referenced Tom Kenny earlier and SpongeBob was the be-all, end-all. When you realized that there was a man behind the curtain, or in this case, a soundproof booth, um, or sound-treated booth, excuse me, what were you drawn more to Tom Kenny and trying to find him in other projects, or was it just still strictly SpongeBob and that was like your main reference for him as far as voice acting went? I mean, I, I, as you know, as years go by, I developed an ear for hearing who's doing what, you yes. know? So I, 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 I realized pretty soon after, oh, like this heifer in, in Rocco's Modern Life is also Tom Kenny. Yeah. Ice King and Adventure Time is also Tom Kenny. And, you know, like the entire, the entire cast of, Spyro reignited trilogy is all Tom Kenny. You <laughs> yeah. know? Like after a while, you can pretty much tell. You can tell when it's Gray Delisle. You can tell when it's uh, when it's Mr. Lawrence. Absolutely, you know, you, yeah. You usually tell who's who uh, for the most part when you develop an ear for that. And you know, some people more than other, like John DiMaggio. You can always tell it's John DiMaggio. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like you said. It's crazy. Like you pick up an ear for that. And you start hearing these people across so many different shows and platforms, like you said, video games, cartoons, and you just you become so attuned to that. Even though SpongeBob and Heifer are two different characters, like I just forgot that that was Heifer. So you know, it's like you you pick up on those little intricacies. They're like that's an amazing ear too. It's it's a talent that these people have to be so diverse, but then you can still pick up on these things that are just like so minute or maybe so intricate to who they are. But, you know, if you're careful and you listen, you can pick up on that, but they can still make yes. these characters different. It's a it's a skill that does not get the, you know, the necessary dues that it's owed. So Frank Welker, right? Yes. You know Frank oh, Welker. my God, yes. Yeah, what a, what a God, yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> so he does both Scooby and Fred right now on Scooby-Doo. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, and, um, but there are these very, you know, and those are completely different characters. You know, mm-hmm. Fred Fred is more or less his regular speaking voice. Yep. And Scooby is like a very, very dog. You know, it's a it's a crazy character voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, however, you can pick out the isms. You can mm-hmm. pick out the Frank Welker isms, you know, like the his speech patterns are similar between Scooby and Fred. Uh, the way he pronounces things like treasure like he'll say treasure chest and both Fred and Scooby will say that, yep. you know? And, and so like, and I don't, I don't know what dialect that is <laughs> from the U S but it's, it's something. Yeah. And, uh, it's very, yeah, it's very specific. There are, there are ways that he says certain phrases that you can sometimes pick out. And I'm trying to run through my Rolodex of dialects right now and think of which one it may be, but I can only guess that it may be something Southern, but I don't, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank on that one too. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea, man. <laughs> but it, uh, like, he he is an absolute legend in the voiceover world. And, like, what blew my mind is that so many people didn't know about him or his skills until this meme a couple years ago came out. You know, about him making the noises and, like, the lion roars for the Lion King. Oh, yeah. By doing yeah. it with a trash can. Like, he got famous yeah. off a of meme <laughs> again. And, like, seeing these people that were just, like, 
You're telling me that was a dude with a trash can? Like, yeah, that that's an yeah. absolute skill right there, man. Yeah, <laughs> he'll do stuff. Yeah, he'll do stuff like, yeah, you know, uh, like the Cars movie, Pixar. Yeah, yeah, that was just all the all the engine noises. That was just me and like two Manila folders, you yep. know, in a in a booth, you know. And it's like, oh, really? Yeah, okay, I believe anything at this point. Right. Yeah. Not to ruin the illusion for everybody, but yeah. it's a it's a very magical world that goes on behind the scenes, but. Man, now I'm going to pull us back on track because I could just go off on that for the rest of the time. But I want to get back to those theater classes that you were getting in. So, like, tell me, once you got in there, uh, was there a lot more performance in front of people? And what was that like? And how did that start developing, you know, like more of a, I guess, putting things more in perspective that some of these goals, like being an actor or a voice actor, were attainable? What did that do for you? Uh, Man. Theater school is a trip, Doug. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about that. That, <laughs> that. I so I grew up in Northern California in like the Bay Area. And yeah, I, I lived there my entire life until moving away for like college. Right. And so when I moved away, I ended up going down to Southern California, uh, and I went to I went to CSU Fullerton in in um, in Orange County. Uh-huh. Ooh, uh huh. Real County. close to Disneyland, you could hear the fireworks at night. Nice. Um, yeah, and uh, and so I went to theater school there, and and my God, like just surviving that was crazy. Like that that was the first time in my life, you know, it was a big transition where where I was I was feeling like God, life is gonna be hard, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, because uh, I mean the the stuff they put you through in that was just just not great, and I think that nowadays they're they're taking steps to try and rectify it and change it around because it was it was not a good environment it was very toxic and i mean i've heard that acting in general like theater and on camera can be very toxic yeah and and fortunately voiceover is not quite that way no it's a lot a lot cooler yeah in general yeah i'm sure you know that and I, i speaking from experience on that too like everything you just said about the acting realm as far as like being toxic and i'll call it even like high school level drama to an extent was oh, just about everything like professional wrestling wise, but oh, it was, God. you know, people in revealing spandex and knee high boots. But again, it's all these people that you wouldn't think that would have fragile egos that have the fragilest egos. So like I always had my guard up coming into voiceover when I started pursuing it full time. And it was like, there's no way. Cause you're, you're, you're just going to stab me in the back down the road. But you know, then you meet more people like Mercedes or somebody else. And yeah. like you said, you realize like, it is not like that in voice acting at all. And if it is, it's on a minute level that I have very rarely encountered. So Yeah, it's 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 there. It's always going to be there yep. in, in any performing art. But it's not it's not as prevalent and people refuse to work with with assholes, you know. Exactly. So it gets it gets pushed down. Um, you know, but the, there is that cattiness in some respects. Of course. I'm 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 not gonna get specific on yeah that. <laughs> no no need to do that but again too it was one of those things too where i realized you know like and again it was somebody like mercedes that helped me where it's like everybody brings something unique to the table and there really is a place for everybody so you don't have to worry about like somebody stealing your quote-unquote spot like there's room at the table for everybody because everybody brings a unique thing to the project to to just the voiceover family in general so you don't have right. to worry about it, but like you said, it's still there in some in some ways and shapes. So it seems like everyday life at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be uh, people you disagree with anywhere you go. Of course, so kind of have the, It's a life skill, right? You know, yep. it's one of those things. Um, Acting helps I mean, you cope. That, yeah, but that that theater school. I mean, like basically, I can, I transferred in from community college with certain credits. Yeah, and uh, so I had to do sophomore year basically instead of just freshman year starting there i started a sophomore year where we had like a core acting class and like a few voice and movement classes and such okay and at the end of both semesters that for that first year uh we had to do what they call the jury which is where we had to essentially audition to see if they you know to make a cut to actually get into the program oh so, wow yeah so worst case scenario you waste like a year or two years oh, and then get cut gosh. and then have to figure something else out. So yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty, like I said, they're trying to change it right now. It's pretty messed up. Uh, Cause so fortunately for me, I made the cut both times because right. everyone else was white and they needed a Brown dude. So, you know, 
oh man why is everyone white we need to show representation somehow like for god's sakes people we have a business to run and we need people to come to this school and think that it's good so please like just for the love of god let this brown guy in everyone's white this is a big problem and uh so they let me in and uh and i and and i spent the next two years working under uh this terrifying russian woman oh god uh, who would just kind of like yeah it's like uh you ever seen whiplash um man i can't say that i have to be honest with you oh man well uh anyone who do but you know the you know what it is right the 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 jk simmons movie yeah yes 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 yeah right yeah Yeah, and there's that famous scene where he's slapping the guy on the drums oh my god yes i have i have seen that oh my god yeah, so uh, what it's kind of like, like that, but I mean, no physical abuse happens. Yeah, oh uh, my god, but, though. But the verbal abuse, very much so, yes. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> we, we took all of that um, for two years straight, and uh, and, and it was pretty, it was pretty uh, formative. But, you know, at the same time, we came out the other side. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I came out the other side feeling like, yeah, I have a much better handle on on acting in general. And Absolutely. So it served me well since then. And man, I, I, that actually leads me to a question I was going to ask down the road, but now seems like as perfect a time as ever. When you have somebody like that that uh, that throws that verbal abuse your way, and you end up like, I guess, getting accustomed to it or getting used to it that early into it, did that help? Especially in this genre where everything is subjective, and you may nail an audition, but it's not what they're looking for, or you know, you submit some auditions for voiceover and you submit it and forget it, did that help you kind of get into that mentality early on so that you didn't get into the mental abuse and, like, beat yourself up after the fact later on down the road? Bro, cakewalk. Cakewalk after this. Like, nobody can, in in an audition room, no one can say anything to hurt me because, like, because it doesn't matter because they're wrong, for one thing. Or if they're (laughs) right, then I'll work on it, whatever. Right, right, right. It doesn't doesn't matter. Like, it, it... Everyone likes to talk about this guy, Charlie Adler, right? Uh, yes. As a, uh, he's like, he's this teacher here in LA and he, uh, Oh, I took a workshop with him. I, I, yeah. over the summer. Yeah. 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 And, he, and now I haven't taken a workshop or a class with him yet, but everyone has told me, Oh, he's the mean guy. He's the mean teacher. He'll like yell or he'll say this or that. Well, I and, feel uh, cheated then. <laughs> see but i think they're embellishing a little i think yeah. what it is is that a lot of people just can't handle criticism so he might just all he might do is just say the truth and then you know give them constructive criticism which a lot of teachers unfortunately are afraid to do and and my philosophy is not that i not that i, I my collegiate teacher, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. I would disagree with her methods still. I don't think that what she put us through was necessary. Uh, <laughs> but like, if if a teacher is not is not telling you when you're doing something wrong, yeah, it's a bad teacher because then you're just going to continue doing that. Very very true. I mean, like you're there to sit under their learning tree and not get these bad habits. So. You know, like if you're not getting that, even like when you're getting individual coaching, for example, you know, if somebody's not telling you that, yeah, major red flag. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You don't want them just patting you on the back and saying no. like, "Yeah, hey, yeah, no, that's fine." No, you want if you suck, they need to be able to tell you you suck. Yes, and then help you find a way to improve on that weakness too. Absolutely. And that, uh, I mean, like just going back to Charlie taking that workshop, I was still. Man, looking back at it, I wasn't even a full year into VO yet, which by the time this airs, will be sitting about a year ago that I actually took the class. But again, I went in with the same, you know, the same mindset. Like you hear people saying like, oh man, he's intense. He's rough. Like, but spoiler alert, he does it in a very like engaging and comedic way where he doesn't beat you down in front of these people, but he gives you different ways to, you know, improve on that. Like he told me I was too animated with my hands. And out of habit, my very last read with him, I went back into using my hands for expression yeah. again, and I ended up actually improving a line in the in the lines that he gave me, and like he almost fell out of his chair laughing at it because he's like, <laughs> "I wanted to be mad at you, but you just, damn it, you made it too funny." So like he he will teach you so many good things, but because he's so revered and doesn't sugarcoat things, you know, of course that's easy to embellish. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I took, I took some commercial course with, uh, Bill Holmes oh, nice. and, uh, and, and like he, 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 he's not super weird about it. Like he, same thing. He'll tell you if, if, if you're doing something that, that doesn't work, then he'll tell you that doesn't work like that. That's not going to get you a job. Absolutely. You know, that's the, 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 the long and short of it, you know? Uh, and he'll be very honest. And, uh, and, and a lot of people in the class were kind of like, like, what, what? Like, wait, stop making fun of me or, or, or don't like, you know, pat me on the back and rude. You're being rude. Yeah. Like, well, but I did this and that and this and that. And it's like, oh, well, hold on. I'm like, I mean, I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to help you out because what I need to focus on are your, are your, not your strong suits, but your, you know, your weaknesses. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, cool. If I'm doing something good, thanks for telling me. But ultimately at the end of the day. They'll, you know, they may remember a strong suit I had or something, but if there are multiple glaring weaknesses or places I'm falling short, what's going to really stick out here? I'd rather hear that constructive criticism, and as long as you can give me an affable and applicable way to address that and correct it, by all means, teach away, and as everybody else says, be rude, but it ain't being rude. It's just helping you grow as a person if you're ready to hear it. Right. That's the thing. You got to be ready to hear it. That's, Absolutely. That's the, you know, you have to be ready for the teacher as much as the teacher has got to be ready for you. That's 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 just how it is. Yep. Now, as which one came first for you? Was it more um, because I, I've seen some of the stuff on your Facebook where like you've had some onset, you know, like onset days and everything. Oh, yeah. Which came first for you onset behind the camera acting or voice acting? Uh, so, I mean, theater, if we're being real, theater, live performance, yep. that all comes I first. I count that, That yep. always comes first. Uh, but, I mean, uh, I always was doing it in pursuit of being in cartoons. Absolutely. You know, that's always been the end goal. I always wanted to be in cartoons. Um, and I'd, I've done, like, some on-camera stuff, but very sparingly, because that's just not really my focus. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... I, you know, I have friends in the industry from different, you know, from school and from just meeting them at, at events and whatnot, you know, and, and doing work with them. Uh, and so if they offer something and they're like, hey, like, I got this on camera gig or something, do you, you know, do you want to do you want to do you want to do it? Then I, I'm not going to say no, you know, especially paying me. Of course, of course. I mean, it's more reps under your belt, too, that you can apply to the end yeah. goal of voice acting. And, you know, when you did start, like, making the steps towards that, what was that like for you as far as, like, figuring out where you needed to get started? Like, was it finding a coach? Was it finding equipment or treating a space? What what were those steps like for you? Oh, geez. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely treating a space, that's, that's very important. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I have a VO booth to go. Uh, nice that I ordered from that yeah you know that that that, that website yep. Uh, yep and it's lovely it's beautiful it's uh it, it it's so much better than the last than the last thing I had which was like a homemade which was great and it served me well in the time that I had it was it was wonderful because uh uh but you know like eventually you gotta you gotta upgrade so That's it. this one just sounds so much better and especially now when everything's done from home mm-hmm. and you hardly ever go into a into a recording studio and everything's just from my bedroom, you know? <laughs> yep. And I mean, that's, that's another thing too. You just hit on right there. Um, especially with everything being at home now with the pandemic, um, how has the pandemic affected your voice acting career? Because I know like for me, I don't live in a major hub, so it actually helped me, uh, you know, get started and have more opportunities than I, I probably wouldn't have had back before the world went crazy and the major hubs were in like LA, Dallas or New York, for example. So how has all that impacted you? This is the sad part of the story. Oh boy. So, <laughs> so I, I moved to, uh, I moved from Orange County to Burbank where, you know, where, where, where there's a lot of, you know, we got Cartoon Network and, yep. and Disney and all that here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, for a good number of months, I moved there in like July of like 2019. So uh, I had about half a year or so before before it was curtains for going out and about. Yeah. And uh, and my God, like what 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 a great experience that was being there for <laughs> for that that time for those handful of months. Uh, you know, I was I would go out all the time. I was working like two jobs. You know, I was working 
like in and out burger and, 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 uh, I had like another job in the tours on Warner brothers and, and like, I was just meeting people every single day and, yeah. and, and I was going to all these, you know, so many like voiceover events in town and stuff. And it was stuff I had just gotten a taste of when I was outside of LA mm-hmm. and I would come every once in a while to, to go to like a, a meetup or something like that or a networking event. And there were just, they were all over the place and they were like right, you know, down the street from my house now, you know, oh, like, man. and, and it was just, it was glorious, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, so then once, once we locked down and such, like all of that kind of got taken away in one big fell swoop. Oh. And I felt, you know, and since then it's kind of been like, you know, they've kind of come back now, mm-hmm. you know, we're in like early 2022. They've kind of come back a little bit yep. with like the vaccines and stuff and people are going to, you know, going out and doing stuff again, but not in the same way. You know, they, they don't happen as much. There's still so much caution. Everyone wears a mask. Everyone social distances. All, yep. this, all this. There's all these things. These barriers are still up. And and it's just it, it's really sad. And that's just sort of that's, you know, that's how I do my my networking. Man. Yeah, like I absolutely. Do it by, I like to do it in person. And I hate. Again, I I know it's necessary work, but yes. it's like. I hate sitting in front of a computer and researching and emailing and cold calling and stuff. And I hate that. And, you know, and I, and so I, I was jazzed about the fact that I lived in this city where I li- I didn't have to do that nearly as much. I could go out and like meet somebody downtown or, or go to like a coffee shop and yeah. run into a producer. And that would happen all the time. And it was like working. I was getting, <laughs> I was getting like gigs and stuff off of, off of that kind of, like I, I, I got a, uh, the, 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 the best thing I've gotten to do thus far in my career was, uh, I got, I got the opportunity to voice match for ice bear from Lee bear bears. You know, oh, that is awesome. Show. Yeah. For this, uh, they, they were, they were doing some, they were doing some like live show in a mall where they had people in the in the out in the costumes in the bear costumes come out, but they had like pre-recorded voiceovers, and they didn't want to pay union rates for Bobby Moynihan and uh, right, right, Dimitri of course, Martin. yeah. So they outsourced it <laughs> to some non-union, and I got my hands on that, and I got to you know I got to do do one of those characters, and and that was like. You know, and so I, I actually went into like a, a studio in, in West Hollywood and got to record for that. And that was just like a dream come true, you know. Absolutely. Um, Man, that's yeah. amazing. Because like I know I've heard like I haven't got to experience any of the in-person networking, you know, like unless I know like voiceover friends are going to be at cons and you know, like we can go get dinner, you know, or something like that after the fact. But like, man, I Oh, that blows my mind, and I'm I'm jealous. And then I also hate that it was taken away from you. That you know, like you get to do that, you get to meet these people because, again, one, as humans, we need that that you know that social interaction. But two, like there's a more genuine and authentic feel when you actually get to network with these people and meet them oh, in yeah. person, as opposed to you know like just sitting it behind a computer screen because then it's like, oh, this guy's just looking for a job. Whereas you and that person yeah. may click and hit it off if you meet in person. That's the thing, brother. And like that, that's like, this is, this is sort of like, this is what I get at. You know, I, I, I don't like networking. Yep. I hate networking. So like what I like doing is going out and meeting people to make friends. So, you know, like I would go to these things, like I would go to these mixers and stuff and whatnot. Like, you know, there's, oh, there's a bunch of animators at this place. or there's a bunch of voice actors and, and, you know, maybe like a, a casting director or two yeah. at this, at this restaurant, everyone's getting together. And like, you know, I'll go to these places and put the intention of, of, you know, getting work or whatever completely out of my mind. I would just, I, I, I would go in and be like, I'm going to make a friend. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to meet somebody new and hear their life story or what, what have you, you know? And I, and my way of going about it is like, I would go in, meet whoever, talk to everybody and just never bring up the industry. That's it. Do That's not it. bring up the industry. And then if they decide to bring up the industry, that's when, you know, if they ask me, so what do you do? That's the green light. Well, since you asked, I'll tell you, you know, I'm a voice actor. And by that point, if you've already listened, you've talked to them for like half an hour and 
listened to them, you know, pour their heart out about whatever, or, or just bonded over Star Wars or whatever yeah. common interests you might have, like by then they're already like, oh, voice, oh, okay, I know this person, or I know that, or like you should take this class, or you should get this or that. Uh, let me let me hook you up with this, uh, because like they they just instantly you're already like you've already established a rapport. You're mm-hmm. like you know acquainted your friends maybe even at this point so like they they just want to help you out with stuff of course it, it, at no point was it about getting something from another person no that's uh and again too like, i mean it's almost like um the necessary part of my day job that i hate with sales and everything it's like you don't want to go through the sales pitch like everything happens in conversation because people either want to buy from their friends or they want to work with their friends. Like if you're just going yeah. in for that one goal of, oh, I got to get this part or I got to get into this agency as opposed to getting to know that person and making a real connection with them. Like it makes all the difference in the world and it definitely makes you stand out as opposed to somebody who may just be going in for that, you know, like got to get this job, got to do this. So like it, it speaks volumes and then, of course, word travels fast because so many people get booked because they they were referred by somebody else or they they know yeah. that person. Oh so. yeah, and that's no man. That's all it is, man. Yep. It's 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 who you know. That's it's, it. It's like that's that's all it is. It's like nepotism is everything. Like you know. That's it. And 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 it's like again, like I just I, it's just put the idea of I want to get work from this person. Just get put that away entirely. And like it's just like. I want to go golf with this person or I want to like bowl with this, like, yo, let's get drinks. Like, let's just, let's have a good time. I like having a good time with people. You know, I don't care if I work with them or not. I just want to like go out and have fun with humans. And so that's why, (laughs) that's why I went through like a year plus of depression uh, after, you know, being, being kind of locked in. It's like, all I do is go to work at my day job that I don't care about, you know, and then come back to my house uh, and that's it. Like, that's all my interaction with people, you know? And, yep. uh, and I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very glad because now that that's, it's, it's not that way anymore. And, and, and things have opened up again to an extent and you know, Absolutely. There's, there's always peaks and valleys and whatnot. And who knows what tomorrow is going to bring, but like, you know, it's, 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 it's time to like, it's time to get back, back on the pony, you know, cause yep. there, there, Everyone else, you know, like I'm watching people like Mercedes and 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 you and you know and then Greg Arnold, you know, all these all these folks who were never anywhere near the industry physically, and they're just going on, they're just doing it, you know. Yeah. And so I I take great comfort in that idea, and you know, we're even we're we being me is even considering like maybe I'll get out of L.A. for a while, you know, like yeah, let, let me go. Let me go see some other place. I've lived in California my whole life. Maybe it's time for a change, you know. Absolutely. I'll go to the Midwest or, or something. Go live there for a couple of years, right? You know, and just do it remotely. Man. I don't need to be here like, at the moment. What What sticks out to me about all that though is like, you know, like I said it. You You get depressed when you're when you're cut off from all that. You go to work. You get in that vicious cycle. But with everything you just said, like, what sticks out to me is that like. You're happy to see other people succeeding. You're motivated by seeing your friends succeeding, and you're not getting bitter about it. So it's motivating you, like you said, to get back up on that pony and get out there and explore and find other opportunities and you know different things that you can bring back into. Like I love hearing that. I love that mentality. Oh, I mean, you got to have that mentality. That's it. Absolutely. Even that if is you're, it. I think even if you're not in any business, have that mentality anyway. Yep. That's. I mean, that's one hundred percent it, and it's just. You got to go against the norm to have that mentality sometimes, it seems like, because so many people are accustomed to being in that vicious cycle of the nine to five work job or whatever it may be, that if you try and break out of that, you're looked at as the weird one, but you got to do you and do what fulfills you. So you just got to be able to have that thick skin and keep on plugging through it. Yeah, man. And you got it. Man, like, I feel like I've solved so many of life's mysteries on here right now, but nobody has paid me for it. But I'm always open. <laughs> I'm always open for a PayPal or a Venmo or a Cash App. My email's in the show notes. But yeah, uh, dude. Now, more than anything, yeah, this I'm is just, a great therapy session right now. Same here, because uh, like I'm going through a lot of stuff outside of here. Like you, you, we've talked about how crazy my day has been with everything being thrown at me last minute or rescheduled. But like these are great therapy sessions and. Again, like the main reason going back to day one is I've just hoped that anybody that listens or even us as we have this chat 
find different things in these conversations that can help pull them out of a dark time or something they're struggling with or just know that they're not alone in that journey, even if they're not comfortable talking about it. So I, I just love like finding kindred spirits along this journey and having these conversations too. Yeah, definitely. That I, I agree, man. But man, like to get back to it, just because this is something you introduced me to right before we hit record, and I mentioned it in your introduction, the the king of the shit post and SpongeBob even like you sent me a TikTok video you did of uh. You know, of a SpongeBob scene as a 15 second clip. Tell me about like what got you into that, and like has it been noticed by other people, or even catch like caught the attention where there's a possibility of you being a voice double for Tom Kenny, even? Oh my God, it's da- I, I feel I feel weird even like scratching that that sort of idea. You know, it's, yeah. it's such a weird kind of feeling. You know, uh, but I mean. I mean, yeah. What what he's what he may be referring to. So that initially, I put this I put this this stupid Patrick SpongeBob video on on TikTok, and it's just like it's just it's from this video game, Battle for Bikini Bottom, right? It's it's that like that that old video game from the early two thousands, and um, and it's like in the game you had to collect. You play as SpongeBob. You had to collect as like a side quest Patrick's lost socks. You bring ten back to him, he'd give you a golden spatula. Right. And and you have to collect the golden spatulas to beat the game. Um and 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 even as a kid I remember thinking Patrick doesn't wear socks. What is what do you mean his lost socks? Yeah. He never wears socks. He doesn't wear shoes or anything. He doesn't even have feet, you know? He's got like peg legs. Right. Uh, and uh and, and <laughs> so so I came up with this stupid idea and just put it on TikTok. I made a TikTok like in July or something last year and 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 just put this on there and it was it's just it's it's just patrick saying like spongebob get me my get my last socks and spongebob says you don't wear socks and patrick says huh not on my feet and then you know and and, and <laughs> yeah it's it's like it's a cum sock ha 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 yeah patrick come in a sock <laughs> uh, yeah and so so i posted that and then like the response that got was ridiculous it's got like over three million views now, and like viral the, sensation. Just the 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 amount of like people like commenting and stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I gotta make more. So I made I made another one uh, of plankton, uh, and this is where <laughs> this is where we get controversial. Oh uh, boy, it's let's called go. Republican plankton, oh, and, uh, no. and it's it's just plankton talking to SpongeBob, uh, and like SpongeBob's like. Basically, I kept him on script basically as like, like, oh, Plankton, this robot's destroying Bikini Bottom. And then like Plankton's just like, SpongeBob, we need to recall Gavin Newsom. And it's just like, you know, it's all about the, the recall election <laughs> in, of the governor of, of, of California. Yeah. All these like stupid, you know, it's just these things that people throw around about the about the recall election. And then uh, and the response for that one. Oh boy, like that even more, even better. Like I, I, I it became like this dragon that I had to chase where I'm like I nice. need, I need to piss people off. I Love need it. to get a rise out of these oh man, like it feels really good to that people are angry at me because of this video I made. Uh so so I made another one about Sandy Cheeks, uh called Sandy Helps and uh this one's just SpongeBob's in her tree dome, and he's like drying up, and he's going, "Oh, Sandy, like, oh, I'm dying," you know, and 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 she's like, meanwhile, she's <laughs> she's just going, "SpongeBob, these uh, dastardly Democrats are forcing me to wear a mask. Like, I, I, they're they're gonna take away our guns, SpongeBob." And uh, and I got and, and I got my friend Bree to to do Sandy Cheeks, and she does an incredible say It sounds just like oh, that's Carol amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, it's 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 uncanny how good it is, and uh, <laughs> and and it's just yeah, and that one probably got the most angry response of, of anything. <laughs> and, like on TikTok, like that one has like like a million and a half views or something. And it's wow! Just, I remember like for like two weeks, the comments just would not stop. They just would not stop coming, and people were just yelling at each other and cussing each other out, and like uh, 
you know, getting into these political debates over the stupidest 17 second video you've ever seen. Right. right. Like, and, and I just, I read every single one and like, just felt so good about myself. (laughs) I just, I love how you were able to keep a finger on the pulse of every crazy thing that is going on in this, in this world, in this country right now and make it this and that people still go at each other for it. Like, I mean, it's the most crazy thing, but I love that you're not afraid to go to like go towards that because it seems like so many comedians now or people with on-air personalities are afraid to do that because they're afraid they may get canceled for it. So I love that you're just there poking the bear and having fun with it too. But of course, you know, it's not in any kind of insensitive or intolerant way, but it's more along the, you know, you know, you know what I'm getting at here, but like, I just, no, I, no, I get you that you're poking yeah, no, the bear there and to, having fun. I try not to put like, I try not to put a spotlight on anyone in particular. Yeah. You know, like it's like, it's just like, it's kind of just, this is actually what people, how people talk to each other about these subjects. Yes. I'm just going to make SpongeBob characters do it. Cause that's funny to me. Absolutely. Like, and I mean, everybody <laughs> knows who SpongeBob is too. So that makes it even funnier. Right, yeah, I, I love putting political, you know, real real world politics in places they don't belong, like cartoons and stuff. Absolutely, and with it seems like how taboo and how crazy all that has gotten lately, that just makes it ten times funnier to me too. So I I have nothing but mad respect, and I'm probably gonna look at a bunch of those when we wrap up here, and I'll have links in the show notes so people can keep getting those up over a million, two million, three million, and just keep it going too, because I mean that's. That's that's right up my alley as far as humor goes. So oh, that's good. You have me sold. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're you're not you're not sitting there just being like, oh man, that's offensive. Yeah, time to that. report this. Report this. <laughs> block this. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't get into that at all. But man, like this has been fun. Like I can't believe that we're already coming up close to an hour here. So um, before I turn the reins over to you for the last portion of the show here, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Anything that you want to get out there before uh, before I let you take over the show for a little bit? Yeah, uh, I just want to say that 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> oh, do we have proof? Is it like South Park with the Hartley Boys by chance? <laughs> yeah, most likely. Man, oh man. Uh, we'll dig into that one a little off air. Because <laughs> if, <laughs> if that's something that we solve it, I can't let that get out there for free. We got to get our cut <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Oh, man, but I feel like there's going to be a deuce in the urinal somewhere in there, too, and that all led to it. But, man, that is a that is a powerful way to do the transition here. So if we get yeah, some... I'm just messing around. Oh, of course, of course. But if we go into some Dale Gribble conspiracy theories on this next part of the show, I'm not going to complain there either. Okay. But everybody knows what's coming at this point. This has been a big hit in Season 2. I am now going to turn the reins over to Andre. I am at his mercy. He's going to ask me up to five questions. Can be about anything. I don't know what they are ahead of the gate. So I'm handing the reins over to Andre and my friend. I am at your mercy. All right. Uh, let's 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 continue right along with this uh, with this. Do you think that the moon landing is a hoax? Ah, oh, man. As much as I want to say yes. When you look at the CGI in movies, and like again, I'm ripping the internet <laughs> off completely here. There's no way they could have accurately faked that or staged that with the level of technology they had back then. So I think it was legit. Okay, you know, I, I you know what, I feel you on that. Definitely, definitely. You know, and that's just a game theory. Right, or, but of course, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. You know, the way things are going now, I would not be surprised if it was. Yeah, man. Who knows? That's it. Who knows? Uh, yeah, and then and then uh, you know, moving right moving right along here. Uh, my second question for you: uh, uh, what what do you what do you what is your favorite part of doing a podcast? My favorite part of doing a podcast is um, honestly, it's a challenge for me because um, it was a spur of the moment decision that I actually was like, damn it, I'm pulling the trigger and doing this. Uh, but the biggest thing for me is like when I actually get some of these guests on here that have time in their schedule to do it or like that are people that I grew up on and made me want to be voice actors. Like that's the coolest part for me because I have to keep the inner kid in me at bay a little bit. But uh, like just being able to continue doing that and then even having these people say like, oh, yeah, of course I want to be on your podcast. Like that yeah. just that makes me feel like like 
damn, I've missed my calling, and I should have stayed in those broadcast co- classes in college. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just enjoying this, though, because it is a nice little escape from reality, too, where I get to vent my frustrations and just having a conversation where, that I may not get to have throughout the day. So, like, I know that was a long-winded answer, but, like, there's just so many multifaceted layers to this that I enjoy, and it just it gives me it gives me release, I guess is the best way to say it. Okay. No, I definitely feel you on that. Uh, third question here. Uh, what's, what, would you, what would you say is your favorite cartoon or video game? Um, are we going strictly like American cartoons or does anime no. count in that as well? Anime counts. Okay. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's a 1A, 1B. Obviously, like Dragon Ball is peak of the peak for me, but right there below it. Actually, we'll do 1A, one, one 1B. One uh, okay. Dragon Ball, <laughs> Yu Yu Hakusho, and South Park. Like, those are the ones that um, that I've been just, like, enthralled with ever since I was, like, I think about eight or nine when I discovered Dragon Ball. Then here comes Yu Yu Hakusho. And about eight or nine, too, is when, you know, like everybody go to bed. I'd find South Park on Comedy Central yeah. and just turn the volume yeah, down so I didn't too. get caught. But it's me like, too. I did exactly that, too, at that same age. Yeah. I would wait till everyone went to bed. It would be on late enough where Mom and Dad were in bed. And then I would turn on the volume just barely so yeah. I could hear it. And and then yeah, and then and then sometimes I would get caught and they'd get angry that I was watching South Park. Dude, same yeah. here. But it, it, it's just like too, and I I appreciate all that humor now. Growing up, that I just thought was like, oh, they said a dirty word, so yeah. that's funny. But now it's like, oh, <laughs> good on them for oh, getting dude. away with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. South Park is like one of my favorites as well, and it like it's it. I get a lot of my humor from South Park, and like that's basically what I pumped into those. No SpongeBob. wonder, no wonder we click so much, and that's amazing. <laughs> that's my kind of people. Yeah, no, I mean it's just it's just it's like the it's the height of satire. Yes, you know? yes, they're uncancelable at this point because they tried to cancel themselves. So, <laughs> what, what yeah, more can dude. you do? No, absolutely, absolutely. Just the yeah, the way that they go about about. Uh, telling stories to, 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 to just mess, you know, just mess around with, with yes. people's ideas of, and politics and, and current events and, and just everything. It's just, they always take such a, a, a wonderful grasp on it. Of course. And it, like, there's a lesson to be learned in it too, which people don't even look at that part of it. That makes it even more special. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. So glad you said that. That's, yes. a, that's a great answer. All yeah, right, Dragon what's Ball's next? Great too, though. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, if L. Ron Hubbard came to you in a dream and, and asked you to take over as leader of the Church of Scientology, would you tweet about it? Oh, man. Um, I guess it would have to be a prerequisite of me taking said job. But, see, I don't know, because, man, now there's a South Park reference in there, too. But <laughs> I guess, would it bring me money and fame? Would it allow me to uh, to get better opportunities with acting and voice acting? Oh man, you want you? Oh yeah, the Church of Scientology in right here where Tom Cruise is a part of it oh. in, in, in L.A. right here in Hollywood. Oh wait a minute, I'd have control of Tom Cruise. Oh, You'd even have better. Of Hollywood, my friend. Okay, you know what? I'll keep my religious beliefs, but yeah, I'm gonna take <laughs> o- I'm gonna take over as L. Ron Hubbard. It's happening. <laughs> But would you tweet about it? That's the question. Oh, of course, but I create a fake Twitter account first. Oh, okay, that's a good answer. Yeah, that's. I mean, I had to think about that for a minute, but yeah, I definitely <laughs> do it. Please don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> Final question: What's healthcare like in Tennessee? Uh frustrating. Um, <laughs> like with the COVID vaccine, for example, as we're recording this. Uh, my oldest son just got his second booster today, but it has taken me three different times to get that done because every time I get it scheduled, two days later it gets canceled. So we were finally able to get that done. I don't know what the problem was, but it's just like everything healthcare and insurance-wise here in Tennessee, for the most part, is more frustrating and hair-pulling than it needs to be. So, oh, no. <laughs> and I, I hate our government. It might be better than California, but it sounds like it's not. Ugh, no, unfortunately, I don't think I can help you out too much there. <laughs> Man, that well, was. That answers my question. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you on the last one there, but man, I'm not right. disappointed with how diverse those were. That was fun. Oh, I'm glad. 
I'm glad. Perfect. Well, man, I appreciate it. And thank you so much for coming on and, you know, sharing your time here tonight because I know we both got busy, crazy schedules. So, and again, thank you to Mercedes for making the introduction because, like, man, she is on a roll right now. So, thank you, Mercedes. I promise I won't charge you for free plugs on here. But, <laughs> dude, she again, rocks. yeah, she does. Andre, just thank you for coming on here, being so engaging and being so generous with your time, dude. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for, you know, thanks for listening to, to, to some crazy rambles. Oh, those are my favorite. Those are my favorite. So this was a night off, man. But <laughs> like I was saying earlier, we're going to have links to your TikTok uh, in the show notes. We'll have any other social media platforms that you want plugged in there as well so people can keep up with you. Um, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with here tonight? Oh, man. Uh, you know, all those videos are also on my YouTube channel. It's My Hero Akadub. Okay, we'll get Which, a link to I that too. Odd name. <laughs> I get where it's coming from though, so I, I, I props from me. <laughs> All right. Well, man, guys, this has been. This doesn't even feel like we've been chatting for an hour, so that's how I know it was a fun conversation. And everybody. I want to thank you all again for tuning in, too, and just continuing to keep this show afloat. There's so much more cool stuff coming down the pipeline. There's Tales from the Haunt. Make sure you get subscribed on social media for all that as well. Links are in the show notes. Uh, Make sure you tune in next week for another awesome guest. Make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. Subscribing on the proper podcast platforms and leaving those five-star reviews. And for the love of God, tell your family and friends. Share this podcast. Keep growing the audience. Get these conversations out there. If you're starting with Andre today, awesome. Get back in the archives and start working your way back up so you're up to date. Don't miss out on any of these awesome conversations. And, man, again, for Andre, I can't thank you enough for being on here. Elise Bowman, I can't thank you enough for sponsoring the podcast again. Everybody, I can't thank you for listening. So, guys, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You guys have me excited for where this show is going next. Thank you for everything you do to keep this show afloat and letting me talk to my friends and bring you the conversations. So for myself, for Andre and our sponsors, guys, thank you for tuning in. Check us out next week for another awesome interview and do some good in the world this week. I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.